Hey, wait. We gotta try it. Try what? Calling the empty man. Who's the empty man? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think instead of the empty man, you're gonna hire like the sloppy man with that one. I don't. <laughs> the mucinex yeah, monster is like... gonna come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the sex monster? No, the no, the mucinex, not the sex <laughs> monster. Okay. I, I just, I just, I think you cut out. I just heard the X. I was like, oh no, this uh, is yeah, okay. This episode is sponsored by Mucinex. <laughs> this this episode is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Yep. There you go. We we we're not at that level yet. Welcome to Code Unknown, everyone. I am Alan Geis. I'm Trellin McCoy. And it would not be a proper episode discussing a horror movie if we didn't have Arya Middleman with us. Arya. Right. The the horror junkie herself. Me, Arya. Yep. Uh, That is how I would describe myself. Thank you guys for doing this to me once again. (laughs) Disclaimer. Arya literally does not watch movies in this genre unless it's for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So there is nothing I'm not willing to do for you guys. Pretty much. (laughs) Well, we... We'll talk about that side project later. No. Oh, uh, okay then, Alan. So, Let's turn off the mic first. So, oh. <laughs> it's it's nine o'clock, and this is the after hours hours. We are sponsored by okay. Adam and Eve. <laughs> Once again. So. The Empty Man. All right, let's really quick get into how we came about doing this episode. There is this account on Instagram, this really kind of like recluse mysterious movie account called Park Chan-Woke, if you want to look it up. I've been following it for a while, and he posts pretty decent opinions, funny memes about movies, and he posted this movie, The Empty Man, and I saw it had James Badgedale, which, like, guys, I think we're on the precipice of the the Badgedale renaissance. Like, <laughs> isn't, wasn't this guy great to look at? Like, yeah, I think he was just fantastic. He, you know, when I some really actors like... have like expressive eyes, you can yeah. like read everything that they're thinking in his eyeballs. He, okay, in moments of tension, that he had to sell ridiculous shit. He was selling it in mm-hmm. comedy moments, twisted in with a horror blend. He fucking sold that. Like this guy made this movie, dude. And and. We have a lot to say for some of the supporting cast. I wanted more of the detective. I wanted more of the nurse. Like, holy shit, people brought their A-game to this thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. Going there back to like what a... you said. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trill, you, you and I go. am here for uh, you. Uh, <laughs> going back to what you said about him selling the comedy, that was probably my favorite part about this performance in the movie. And I kind of wish it kept with that. And I kind of wish the ending went something more in that route than the one we got, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay, we can't, by opening that can of worms, we're, we're like already going super deep mm-hmm. in, and I, I do want to, I know we, we do jump around, we have fun jumping around, I feel this is one we have to ease into, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not even for the, for the listener's sake, for our sake, before yeah, we Yeah, there's like drawing. literally a scene I wanted to talk about, but I was like, I don't even know if I understand the scene I want to talk about, so why don't we <laughs> start at the beginning, a very good place to start. 
let it be known, I had to rewatch scenes today. I saw I saw this for the first time two days ago. I rewatched scenes today just to be like, yes, I get it. And I yes. think it was better for it. It was as better long for as it. there's daylight, so, I think it's okay to you know, <laughs> rewatch. So the Empty Man. It is long. You you can read all about the history. We'll link a couple things in the show notes. Bottom line, it's this ambitious. The, do you guys know i had to look this up like i, I didn't want to just i feel like some of these letterbox reviews are like oh what we have here is a cosmic horror blah 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 and i'm like okay motherfuckers do you even know what cosmic horror is because i'm not even positively sure it sounds like it's something to do with with space so cosmic horror is uh a loose definition is essentially things that are unknown unexplainable right so that's essentially what this movie is and it's not they didn't know how to market it. The 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 release was kind of at the merger of Disney and uh, Fox. They essentially was like some executives that were like, look, we'd rather just fucking bury this thing. Just like put it out during the pandemic. Uh, while like, no, this was like October 2020, right? So like no one's fucking going to the movie theater. They're like, put this out, makes four million bucks. They're like, it'll just, we'll count our losses, go away. They didn't have a Netflix willing to offer money like Cloverfield Paradox. They didn't have that luxury, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so it ends up on HBO Max. People like this Park Chan Wook guy start posting about it. Other people on Letterboxd. Everybody starts finding out about this movie. Whoa, it starts becoming a, I don't know about an overnight, but it definitely starts becoming a quote unquote cult hit. So I was like, okay, this sounds interesting because I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but I'm a huge fan of The Wailing. Uh, horror is not actually a genre that I really like venture into, but when there's a really good horror that's not based on jump scares, I want to get mm -hmm. into it, right? Looking at you, fucking Blumhouse. But I, I want to <laughs> check it out. I want to <laughs> and Conjuring Universe. I want to check it out. I want to see what's going on there. And uh, yeah, this, I could just tell this was going to be one of those movies. It was going to be different, ambitious. Whether it's Six of Landing is something we're going to get into. We're going to talk about everything we liked, didn't like, so on and so forth. So that's how this movie came about. And I think my general impression is I love how far it was willing to reach. And I think with perhaps some consolidation, this could have been a fucking killer movie. But at the same time, you have to almost praise it for, like I said, being willing to go as far as it did. What, what are you guys saying? How are you, you finish this thing, how are you walking away from it? Um, I personally was like, I noticed how narrative it was in certain moments, but like you said, it's so surreal because you have to accept the fact that you're just not going to get literally any of the answers that you want. And I think for a lot of viewers, that can be really upsetting because in America, at least in Western culture, we are so conditioned to want A leads to point B, B points uh, leads to point C. But with this, it's just like a diagonal zigzag back and forth of all of these things that are teased throughout the movie that we really don't get answers to. And even in the ending, you're still left with so many questions. So I know that I was like, I, I guess I'm sort of frustrated by genres like that where it's harder for me to connect the dots. But then again, are you I saying you are a traditional American? 
I I want I do identify with where I was born, perhaps occasionally, maybe not in the last four years, but as of lately, maybe. <laughs> um, it's just so it left me a little frustrated. Um, so that was sort of how I ended it. But it also was sort of like a fun challenge for me. Because yeah. trying to connect the dots where it was like, they don't want to spoon feed you what the movie's about. And that was very obvious, even though it did have that detective trope, which often leads to a very narrative structure. I really liked, and I don't think I've seen a movie that was a detective story, quote unquote, that was so surreal, that was so interpretive. Yeah, at least not, yeah, not, not. Not recently, for mm-hmm. sure. It's, there's no, kind of nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Building, Tom? I was to say, building off that, that was my favorite aspect of this movie, like the Philip Marlowe esque like stuff that um, was it James Badgedale was doing, like all the comedic beats and all the detective stuff. I thought worked for me, but the horror, I never really felt scared or tense. Really, but, um, <laughs> I can't relate except... to that. <laughs> <laughs> except for the one scene, right? Except for the one scene. Oh, the sauna scene? T- Wait, which scene are you scene? talking about? Uh, the sauna scene, I was just like... Sauna was like, scene what? was effed up, let me just say. I, I, I was, was confused like, why, why she was at the sauna this late. I yeah, was, I'm just I like... Was... How are you not so paranoid? Why are they paranoid? showing their breasts? Isn't this girl supposed to be like 16? Like this is That wild. was also odd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is weird odd, now that you odd, bring that I mean, up. I'm sure I'm sure the actress was, you know, 18 yeah. plus or whatever. But like the fact that it's like, oh, this yeah. is a high schooler. And it's like, oh, no. This is yeah. also middle America. Who's going to a spa like in the like. Like at like nine o'clock at night. Like I like what? I'm sorry, well, Missouri. You do not have a spa like that in Missouri. Yeah. That's just not I'm yeah. just well, you make me ask, what is the benefit in derobing a sixteen year old in a movie? What is what are you gaining from that, directors? What is she, that adding she to She also movie? She also knows that this is the night that she is like supposedly supposed to be killed. The last thing I would do is just, like, get naked and go to a spa all by myself with no one else there. I want to die would, while I'm naked. I'd be in a crowded movie theater. I'd be in a crowded <laughs> restaurant. Just, like, I'm, like, I'd be at Denny's just being, like, you guys yeah. never close, right? Trillin, okay, you're literally, God. like, yeah. if I'm going to die, you all are going to die, too. Yeah. <laughs> I work at Denny's where ex-cons work in the kitchen, and I'll be protected, baby. <laughs> yeah. Everyone at Denny's is dying. <laughs> but, uh... So- t- Oh, another detail, Alan, about uh, the way this movie was released. Apparently, they rushed the edit so much that, like, there were seven minutes the director wanted to cut but couldn't. And they rushed the edit to get a tax rebate from South Africa due to impending deadlines. Dude, dude, crazy fact. This movie is, like, 95% shot in South Africa. Yeah, that blew my mind. in Chicago. It was like, wait, what? (laughs) That is bizarre. I've never heard of it. Yeah. I just have a question. From what you guys have been saying, it sounds like this is is a movie that the company wound up producing, but didn't seem like it. They believed in it, actually. So So why did they rush it so much if it's obviously achieved, you know, such niche success in what it's tried to do? It's. Without getting too much into it, it, it is an interesting story. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. It's uh, Film School Reject did, like, a whole fucking history of literally the whole background of this director, like, where he, where he's come from, why he was a good person for this, and the whole process. And this is actually loosely based off of a 
a graphic novel. But but I say loosely because apparently this movie is like not only the ideas from the graphic novel, but then the director put his whole other spin on it that was an amalgamation. He was trying to develop all these projects and they kept falling through. So this was almost his way of like satisfying that need of producing something that he was like, dude, I'm throwing all this shit I've been waiting to put into something. So, I mean, you could maybe make the argument, I guess, that did that help the movie? Did that like hold it back? But regardless, like that's that's the main thing is the studio was like, all right, let's give this guy a shot. He's got Fincher's blessing. Like he's been... <laughs> No, really, like, he worked closely with him for years, and so... I just cool, like the way you sh- said blessing. It was just amazing <laughs> to me. <laughs> I wanted to bless Fincher. Knighting, knighting him in another room. <laughs> yeah! Under, Candles around ceremony. the room. <laughs> it's a real ceremony under the Hollywood sign. They knight... No, just... But anyway, <laughs> so... So, yeah, I, look, to answer your question, I, I don't know, but it was like, you're right. They were on board. They were like, this guy's going to give us something. And maybe once they kind of realized, like... Oh, dude, this guy's fucking going, reaching really far into, like, like you said, this is a movie. I love this quote from Vulture. Our protagonists aren't the heroes of their journey, but rather pawns moving through a space that existed long before them and will remain long after they leave it. Mm -hmm. So, like, they were like, oh, wait, this isn't a movie where, like, at the end, it's just, like, he lives, maybe gets a happy ending with, like, the the woman he's having an affair with some peace of mind. It's like, this is some dark-ass shit. And they were just like... No, 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 no. Like, just sweep it under the rug, whatever. But you're right. How the fuck didn't they know he was making this? All the these things get muddled and crazy. But why don't we start at quite literally the beginning of the movie and just talk about that opening scene, man? Because a lot of people oh, praise God. it. I thought it was great, but at the same time was like could have been shorter. Why? Yeah. Yeah, oh, many people yeah, good for with, you for recognizing that. I bet that's where some of the minutes came from that you were talking about they wanted to cut out. I actually, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought that was one of the more suspenseful parts of the film because you had so many questions immediately. Like, what was happening yeah. to this guy that seemed possessed? At least I wanted to figure it out right then and there. Um, and you know when, so he falls down the cave... And you see this statue of many dead skeletons versus alive skeletons. Oh, geez. <laughs> and you're like, what? I was expecting them to like come alive somehow, um, but they didn't. So I guess that was... Was that were, were all those little ants or spiders supposed to be like symbolic? Like oh, no. again, I don't think we received closure on that. That was like the only mm. shot that we got of those. You know. Yeah. So was, did they I crawl just... in his ears? You know. Like, I what thought was it? they were gonna come back later. Like the detective was gonna like notice like a trail of ants and be like, oh, this is where the weird cult is. But uh, they never came be, back. <laughs> that would have been a cool element. Like not saying that it made or broke this movie, but just like no. a little little something extra. Uh, can we just also acknowledge two things? One, the look that the monks gave them as they were hiking up, they were like, oh, we know you guys are fucked. Like, the empty man is up there, and we don't know how to communicate that to you. Like, you fucked. Second, he fell face down into that crevice where a guy had to use his buddy, use climbing gear to go down there. How was he just okay? How was he just, like, no, not a scratch on this man? Just, just a little nitpicking. I might have been so, the only one with this, but were any of you guys ever confused to who was who? Because, like, both the leads were just, like, white dudes with the same hair and a beard. Like, everyone, every lead guy looked, like, the same in this movie, almost. 
I I, was I agree with you. Them. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> about who was dating who. I was like, who. I yeah. I hate yeah. to jump to the end, but it the, not the ending. But we meet this guy in the bed, and I was sure. thinking, is the guy in the bed? Um, Paul, the Paul is, is the na- the guy. It, it it is him. It is him, but older. Mm-hmm. He's just been lying in that bed the entire time. He's mm-hmm. the since ninety five receiver. Yeah. Or they something. helicoptered him in to Missouri. How <laughs> from that, South that Africa? Or... <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. That alone is an interesting movie of just like this this white guy in fucking like where, where was it in Tibet? Or he just. Yeah. they're just like yep yep let's help this guy out <laughs> oh yeah that's honestly triggering so, when you do that for me alan that was like the whispering well, and the asmr-esqueness of it i was like i'm feeling uncomfortable right now <laughs> i uh, i actually yeah. provided the, the whispering sound effects okay. I, uh, <laughs> in your bedroom no, so, late at night oh my god <laughs> so, so real quick real quick i want to i really want to highlight a moment because it makes for a big point that is my opinion on what this whole movie is about at the end. So check this out. The The friend is possessed, right? We get all the creepy stuff at the cabin. They're trying to figure out, like, oh, dude, we got to get our buddy some help. And he basically, because he was whispering in his girlfriend's ear, he has possessed her or infected her, whatever the fuck. And she is now, for some reason... Let me kill everybody, including myself, <laughs> to, I guess, to erase knowledge of this situation. Like, I guess to that these people would be able to say, like, oh, wow, we found this freaky shit. Like, they just need to silence everyone. So he, so they, they all die, except the guy possessed. Cool. Roger that. On board. And then it's, like, the empty man title. Okay. Yeah. Keep that moment in your mind because I'm gonna circle back to that in what I think is a compelling way. But let's go to present day. We got Jimmy B at a Mexican restaurant, and uh, oh he's God. like, hey, it's, "It's my birthday! It's my birthday!" And he's got, <laughs> he's got his, how long has that coupon been in his wallet? That was so yeah. uncomfortable. It's so sad. Like even worse than the scary moments, this this staff obviously doesn't want to be singing the happy birthday to song to him, and they call him customer. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. that is going too far. Whoever wrote this script needs to be detained. I, yeah, maybe we can make arguments that that is that is um, was very deliberate is to, to make him kind of unknown. But we're gonna get into that. We're gonna build up to it. We're gonna build up to it. So. So we're introducing him. We're showing he were uh, ex cop, ex cop uh, J- James Lasombra. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, don't I mean I, I would imagine I'm just gonna a guy this meticulous. Everything is deliberate. Lasombra split it up. La Sombra, aka the Shadow. So not sure. <gasps> why they went with, not no! sure why they went with like the, the, the Hispanic twang. Like not sure why we you know. But but anyway, Lasombra is La Sombra, aka the Shadow. So anyway, okay, we're introducing him. Where we introduce, he's investigating the dis- disappearance of the girl. Even though, you know, the only scene I, I didn't revisit that I wanted to was their conversation. He met up with her. Why did mm-hmm. he meet up with her again? What, what? She was just checking in on him. She wants to go see him. Yeah. Okay. okay. She's just like, are you doing good? And he's like, yeah. And that, that was pretty much the end of their conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're seen on the bench. Well, mm-hmm. it was because... He was having this affair with, 
or he had had the affair with Amanda's mother. Amanda being yeah. the girl with him on the bench, right? And with the worst haircut ever. I know. It literally reminded me of like one of the Stranger Things kids. Anyway, uh, it was just bizarre. <laughs> I was like, you're trying to have a relationship with the kid of the woman you cheated on your dead wife with. Like that. That is mm-hmm. just a little bizarre to me. I don't know. Could it be his kid? I don't think I don't no. think I don't think that, that we up, ever were yeah. provided that info to connect those no. dots. Could be potentially because yeah. we never met her father figure. But granted, like we don't even know like something that I was frustrated with is apparently Amanda knew his entire existence was a lie. So it made me think, like, did any of this ever actually happen to him or was I, it created, you know? Yeah. Just by I someone say- else. When we were talking about the idea of like things not making sense, not getting the answers, maybe not thinking too deeply about things and almost thinking of it as uh, the ends justify the means. I love this quote from Guillermo del Toro where he, he talks about how we can think about letting go of this. And he says, there's a story and it's there's three hairs on the devil's back. And if you pluck a hair, you get to make a wish. And American audiences would say, where did the devil come from? Why the three hairs? Why do you get to make a wish? And his logic is, no, 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 no. You, okay, like, because it just is. Like, like, let me have that so then you can go into this world. Like, like, it's not necessarily about where the fuck all that came from. It's about how people react and what they do with that info. So that's like, ever since I heard that, I try to be so much more forgiving of these types of movies. Yeah, such a good that, point. Yeah, that doesn't mean, though, that we can't explore, like, wait, so what does this mean in relation to this? But we're going to get there. So, oh, go ahead, Arya. It just, the entire movie felt like such an experience, like an immersive experience, one that you almost feel with your whole body because you're incapable of feeling the whole thing with your brain. And and he and Americans, at least, in our digestion of content and media, love a story. As children were read, you know, the hero goes to save the princess, which we have all of the plot points. We understand the whole thing. So I think my frustration is coming from being raised in that kind of culture. And like you were saying, I, I feel like I'd be so much happier if I were able to let go of that when viewing something exactly like this when we know we're not going to be satisfied in that way but that's not even really what it's about like the movie doesn't care about the viewer understanding everything like that's not what it sets out to do anyway I know and and then the, <clears throat> you you almost I mean based on what you said you put yourself in the studio's position and the money on the line stuff and like you almost understand their point. You could almost see them being like, I, I wish that I had the power to like express this movie to get the general audience to come and watch it and, and make a profit, but we can't. Like This is just mm-hmm. too far, and I'm sorry that life is that way. You know what I mean? Like you almost, I'm not trying to defend the studios here, but but you, you can devil's advocate. Anyway, anyway, let, let's get to like the, the meat and potatoes here that Mm-mm. we're establishing some like freaky shit is going on in the town. We know that freaky shit has happened because of the prologue. And we're seeing some of that again by James, or sorry, what's the, yeah, his name is, wait, his James. name is James in the movie, and his name is James Badgedale. How did I not connect that? What? I, I, I had not that either. <laughs> what? Anyway, anyway, so 
he meets the friend and that's like the the like what what gets us into that world for him like his him explaining everything and there's an interesting very interesting shot of all these kids looking at her like after she's talking to him of like oh we fucking know what you're up to bitch like we're, we're on to you and mm-hmm. it put starts putting this fear of you like how far does this go in terms of the status of people being possessed or brainwashed or doing this of their own free will but like in an evil way like holy like this is this is already running deep and they're planning that in you and you're scared for her and and then he's like but gotta move on to the next thing mm-hmm. i was find worlds. i was say i was a little irritated that james uh Badgedale's character didn't question those teenagers that are obviously like menacing he He, like noted he looked at him straight on there's a shot reverse shot him going like huh and then just like yeah oh really i must have missed that i literally must have missed that because i was like clearly this is only something that they want her to see but he saw them too he saw him too yeah And, and you know you gotta appreciate that moment because it's like it's it's in broad daylight and it's just people sitting down but I would argue that's good directing that, like, oh, shit, it's people, it's kids sitting down, and it was scary. It was eerie. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe scary is the wrong word, but it was eerie. You were like, oh, like, this is, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, why are they, like, piercing at us like that? Yeah, so, there was a that, lot of watching in this movie, and that's almost, like, more scary than someone actually chasing you. Yeah. One mm-hmm. can argue. Now, this scene was, I will say, it's also important because we established the rules in this scene. We, uh... You blow yes, into yes, a yes. bottle on a bridge, three days later you die. That's basically I, it. This is literally what I'm talking about. This is the devil with the three hairs. Why and if doesn't fucking matter. It does not matter. Yeah. These rules are <laughs> you know, it's that we cool, those are the rules. These kids do it, and and off we go, right? And as we will later find out, it's like this little ritual to get more people into the whole thing. This is like maybe like a ploy by amanda to get more people but here's what i don't understand is getting into spoilerish territory is okay so those kids amanda's missing and the other kids hang themselves do you think it was because almost they didn't want to go through with it just like the girl stabbed in the sauna that therefore it's like you either embrace this and if you don't then you die which by the way it's like I, I counted. It's forty-seven minutes until we like, you know, we're still like, what is happening in this movie? Like, where is this going to lead to? That's a pretty long time to just like. We're still. I would consider almost being in the still the first act. You know, where we're still like, what's happening here? And then, um, uh, we find the kids just randomly hanging, and that was that was <laughs> fucked up. That was badass I, fucked up. Yeah, I imagine they died in a similar way. The people in the like the prologue died. Like, they, I don't think they all choose, like, hey, you guys all want to, like, kill each other, like, under this one bridge and by hanging. I feel like it was, like, maybe the empty man got in their ear and they were just like, oh, got to do it. Well, actually, yeah. um, the sauna, yeah, exactly that. The sauna scene made me realize that this phantom exists only in the head of the person who blew the bottle, right? Because we literally mm-hmm. see a shot of her, spoiler alert, stabbing herself in the face. And they yeah. even talk yeah, yeah. about how it looks like a suicide, but it can't be yeah. because mm-hmm. people don't do that to themselves. Likewise, I don't assume people do group 
hanging from a new sessions. <laughs> I don't know what the kids you are know. doing nowadays. I don't really think I am one of those anymore. <laughs> you never but heard of that? Yeah. No. So they I moved on from Kool-Aid. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one can imagine that when the empty man got into these kids' heads, um, it was the kids themselves acting as the phantom and hanging mm-hmm. themselves as, but it, then if we were to have seen that in the movie, it would have looked like the phantom was the one that was harming them, not themselves. So let me posit this question then that is really now like building up inside me because of this discussion that I hadn't considered what separate, like, if we're thinking about the goal of the empty man and if that is relevant and by empty man i mean the entity that we find at the beginning that possesses paul xyz so are they trying to get more people on their cause like the cult members we find later and the people that do end up dying are basically rejecting it and that's why they're dying does that sound like a fair argument because i'm just trying to figure out why some people die on one side why some don't that's what i assumed okay yeah. Cool. Well, I think I think it's the people that are resistant to its yeah, power yeah. and its entity, right? Um, and that in yeah. that the empty man can sense when people will not abide by it or not worship it, and those who do worship it are are view everything else as being futile. Like the one guy that um, James was like. He, he abducted him in his car and pepper yeah. sprayed his face. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't possessed. <laughs> but he seemed like he understood the gravity of the worship that they were doing. Do you know what I mean? It rem- yeah, it mm-hmm. reminded me of, and this happens in almost every vampire movie, that they will have like a like a lackey. You know, they'll have just a guy that's like, they're not as powerful as him. But he just kind of does his bidding and shit, you know, like in Fright The Familiar? Or... And what we do uh, in the shadows? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're yeah. Right. A familiar, a familiar. And so uh, so that's what that reminded me of is almost like you become a familiar. Like you're not possessed by him, but you 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 know he exists. And, and he's kind of like, you can, I'll let you be just like do my bidding type of shit, you know? Right, 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 yeah. right, right, yeah. right. So let's talk about this detective. Let, let's, let's talk about... Stuff is happening. He finds the bodies, and that's when really shit. Th- this is what I would argue is like going into Act Two is like. Ooh. Tell me uh, what else he does on the bridge other than finding the bodies. He uh, he, he blows into the bottle. He blows into the bottle. He yeah. Into yeah. The bottle. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're the, the cops are meeting up, right? They're having a vigil because they found all these dead kids, and then it, he goes to the the police station, and it's like, oh, by the by. Marsha, I forgot her first name, but I remember a lot. Or no. Nora. Whatever. Nora? Nora Quayle? No? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Marsha? I think that sounds right. No, no, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about the girl murdered in the spa. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. I don't remember that girl. Yeah. Who cares about her? About. She doesn't have a face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has half a face. <laughs> no, my, point, my point is that they're kind of, they're like trying to make sense of it. And this is, again, I'm just going to keep saying this. The, the movie almost makes the argument of the, the three hairs on the devil's back where this detective gives this, I'm telling you guys, fucking Oscar, supporting actor, Oscar-worthy performance where he's like, You know this town. One, two murders a year. Three if we're frisky. Now this. 
poisons the atmosphere. Sure as sewage would the water supply. It's communicable. It changes people. Three weeks ago, in a house in Maryville, a mother fed her newborn infant to a pack of stray dogs. She said the baby had been whispering to her. In the kitchen, she wrote the empty man on the linoleum floor. We found the same thing tonight, near the body of the Walsh girl. I've come to the conclusion that there is no solving crimes like these. Sure, we can put that mother in prison. We can even put her in a gas chamber. But that's not solving it. It's inexplicable. It's too big, it's... We can't indict the cosmos. Oh my God, this is some fucking profound shit. This is, for me, for me, this is the core of the movie that it starts getting into like the things that we can't explain. And I think it ends up being about religion. I think it ends up being about why the fuck we have Joel scenes in the world that get away with shit. People go with it. Why do people go for the fall for these different types of things that put people in danger, hurt people, blah, 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 blah. And then you are left in the world as somebody that considers themselves sane because you don't follow it of like, how do I live in this world? And, and like, while this is happening next to me, to my friends, my family, whatever. That's what I think, not to, I, I have more to say on that. That's what I think is the core of this fucking movie, man. This is what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I, I'd agree with you, but also I just want to add, uh, if any cops out there are questioning whether they should lock up a mother for feeding her baby to a pack of dogs, <laughs> I think you should do it. The answer <laughs> is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, also, here's the thing, here's the thing. Not to get to and not to be the not to say I, I, we shouldn't be logic police and then I'm a logic policeman. But how did the how did the empty man get to the baby? Like wait what? Yeah. <laughs> well, it could have just was... been something else. I guess maybe he got to the mom and she. But yeah, it, just... yeah, it, w- it definitely had to have been to the mom. Um, but yeah. regardless, I mean, I, I do, I totally know what you mean because about religion mm-hmm. that, that stuck with me. It's because of those, these, these teens, these young people, because that's all we saw that we're worshiping at the Pontifex Institute or whatever. I don't really think yeah. we saw much people who were older. And I think nope. that was very nope. intentional too, because it's young people are so impressionable and will follow yep. blindly. And I think that was what I took away from that because I know there's so many young people today that are so willing to believe anything that they hear. And I think this is that mob mentality gone wrong. Um, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Quite literally a mob in the next scene we're going to okay, get Okay, I know. I'm so actually, upset. I don't know how to feel about that scene. I was going to say, I actually see this every day because I live near, like, the Scientology building. And, like, oh every God. day at 9 o'clock, if you drive down the street, you'll see, like, a line of people in, like, white shirts and black ties and it's like all people i'd say like it's mostly the teenagers aged like 16 to maybe like 24 and then there's like always like one old guy like he's just like it's like so <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. so depressing to see that like every morning it's uh, awful 
I think I saw the one old guy in the church when he went in there. I swear there yeah. was one. <laughs> there's, there's always one old guy. <laughs> so, so you're right. No, you're, he does go to the church first. And this is where my whole theory on like the, the, the big meaning behind this movie, not to say there can't be many, is because remember I, I said keep in mind the scene from the beginning about where the empty man kills people. It's like he's positing that the whole almost like ideology of the empty man is about embrace like forgetting the material forgetting that there's right and wrong and being whole and being one and not thinking of that you need more and more but i actually need less and less and i i would argue there's some like kind of like also just subtext of like just being in harmony with each other it sounds like a peaceful thing like when you think of like if it's like Oh, we're in the state we're in because we all want more, more, more. So therefore, less, less, less is peaceful. At the same time, it's like, oh, but whoever gets in our way is fucked, as shown <laughs> by that opening scene. Almost as if to say, like, peaceful, 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 but also, like, we're going to do fucked up shit to get to that peace. Almost like, uh, that's literally almost like the argument in Watchmen to, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. so that's what I was just like, it's like, oh, man, even... Even if you you talk about the virtues, but then you're almost like a hypocrite for being willing to do like the bad shit too. You know what I mean? And then that leads us to the cabin scene. But is there anything else you guys want to say? That is such a good point because I think that's a lot of the justification people use today for violence. Um, yeah. And it's just pretty depressing to hear that kind of thing because it happens so often where one group of thinkers think that they know what is best for the rest of society and um i don't know whether the movie intends the viewer to think that the um religion that the pontifex institute the, the religion that they're worshiping the phantom is the right way to be but honestly you, they have such a sense of community there. And I'm not saying I'm going to go apply, but I can I, sort of see like the it. appeal. Like being a part of a group and there's certain of a, a relief about that. And maybe that's why people mm -hmm. like religion too, being a part of a group. I guess another layer you could tack onto it is these people are not even, uh, as I mean, I, I would argue based off what we were shown in the prologue, nobody's really doing this willingly. They're actually mm -hmm. under, even though they're talking about peace and all this shit, they're, they're still ruled by the fucking iron gauntlet of this empty man entity, right? Of like, right? Because mm -hmm. how else did they get that idea introduced to them? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to possess you and, and force you and do all, do all this bullshit. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they Before almost have blown on the bottle at one oh. point. Right? Yeah. No? Everybody's blown yes. on these bottles. Dude, I'm Probably. saying. yeah. Hey, I just want to say one more thing before we leave the church scene. I think one of my, or I, I think, I do know. My favorite line from the movie comes at that moment where, uh, like, he all this crazy shit's happening around him. And the way he waves it off or, like, tells people, it's like, yeah, I'm used to it, is just by saying, I'm from San Francisco. And that comes back up and forth. But, like, that's a great line. I love it. 
<laughs> yeah. I also don't know if you guys noticed this, but when um, the the preacher guy was like, th- um, like thanking people at the end, he was like mumbling, thank you for coming, thank you for coming, as James was leaving. And I was like, is he talking to the people around him or is he talking to James? Like, I don't know if you guys thought that either, but I was like, because James was leaving. That's something you say to someone as they leave. But I, I was mm-hmm. just curious about it. And do you notice how he told him, uh, I'll see you again next time, or like, thanks for coming again, and he's like, this is my first time here. Yeah. Oh, that's right, he's like, I hope you stay longer this time, like, yeah. not like the last two times, and he's like, what? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was freaky. So, and I think kind of maybe some implications for the finale, which we'll get into. So, okay, next comes what is arguably... Like, the fucking best scene in the movie, man. Where this is some, Mm -hmm. like, true detective shit. He's going in. By the way, for a place that has files on this conspiracy you're running, and you've got no security, nothing. Like, the doors are open. No locks on the cabinets. What are you doing in this movie? What are you doing here? (laughs) Regardless. Regardless, again. That's what Alan's upset about. Not the lack of answers. Where are the locks? Where are the fucking locks? Production design. Where you at? No, but anyway. So, so anyway, yeah, he, he's finding stuff. And then, of course, the, like, and it's got to be red, too. Red folder. He's like, there is a file on me. It's like, this is where you're like, how deep does this shit go? He checks out this other cabin and starts seeing some really freaky shit. Now, this is where you could argue that there's starts being some flim-flammery of, like, who is this? If Paul was already the like the prophet, the, the the next prophet, then like who is this person in the videos? Like what's going on here? But you know what? I guess again we won't get too caught up in things. But it, it was almost just like a started throwing some things just to see if they would stick. It's like people, other people can get possessed and well, just whatever. Uh, and then and then uh, the teddy bear comes to life. Uh, while he's eerily watching these VHS tapes, and it's Arya, you had a moment with that, didn't you? Oh, Jesus. Thank you for making me want to relive this. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. The eyes. So, you guys must have noticed this too, but anytime the empty man was in, like present, we always saw these two glistening white orbs as if they were eyes. And that was in the VHS tape, which made me think that is the the manifestation of the empty man himself um and i didn't know if we got any closure as to who that was or whether we were supposed to assume it was paul before he was in the hospital or something you know i don't know that was something that i thought but i didn't know if that was going anywhere Um, holy shit i didn't even think about that but maybe you're right was there a year on that tape did it are we supposed to know when that was happening i don't remember no, uh, so. on the tape, no. But the okay, yeah. Well, regardless, it it seems to just almost be the further, I guess, if we want to say ammo or evidence for our 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 buddy the shadow to be like, oh, some like truly freaky stuff is happening, piled on top of it's a freaky sandwich, because <laughs> then he goes and he sees, which is by the way, Trellin. 
recall our episode of race with the devil this was totally mm-hmm. out of race with the devil yeah. people, <laughs> sir the only they didn't have a blonde naked chick but like other than That's that true. it was the same thing Ooh. and like <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this next ad brought to you by Adam and Eve. There we <laughs> go. That's what I came for. <laughs> so, I mean, look, you've seen the movie. You've seen the scene. If not, I don't want to give away too much. Like, holy fuck. It's just the coolest, the coolest type of, like, ritual, like a voyeur type thing where you're just like, wow, dude. Like, I was getting excited. It's like, what's going to happen next? I love mm-hmm. the situation of just, like, I'm just a fucking ex-cop, dude. I don't, I don't even have the proper backup of the force, you know? I'm just me in my little Jeep and my little gun, and that's There's it. a and fire tornado, like, yeah, like, there's a like summoning. Fire tornado summoning up to the sky, and yeah. oh, yeah. oh, by the by, they all noticed me. And it was just like, oh, fuck. But then, but uh. then again, I feel like any other movie, or even other actor for that matter, they have to say the line, yeah, no, and run away. You're kind of like, you roll your eyes like, yeah. Oh, he delivered it. He delivered it well, though. His delivery Dude. was good. Yeah. I feel that we could make a documentary on just that scene and that line delivery. There's something yeah. about it that was like, I genuinely like almost like stood up and started clapping in my bed while watching. Yeah. I was just like, that was fucking funny. That was great. Like, I had a smirk on my face. Like, oh, that's, that's yeah. him. That's how I I know, him. right? Yeah, yeah, it was great, man. It was great. And, and then when he's driving away, he's just like, "What the fuck was that?" Like he's like, he's yeah, like, yeah, that was... like, I know. <laughs> it's like, who are you talking to? Yeah, one hundred percent, like something that in a student film would make you cringe, like oh, character dropping f bombs, talking to themselves. But in this movie, felt just right. It felt just right, right because yeah. we yeah. had seen him be a really composed guy, and this is finally. The, the straw that fucking just set it off, you know what I mean? He was just like, what? That was the first time we really seen emotion from this guy. And I just mm-hmm. I just loved that. And man, I gotta say, like, I, I was really expecting this episode to be amongst to be amongst our shortest ones. And it just feels like we just have so much more to go. <laughs> well, there's but, so uh, much to talk about with this kind of movie. Because it's yeah. like even talking with someone helps you make sense of it yourself. And I think what I've been gaining is that there isn't any sense to be made. I'm like, I have so many questions, and where are my answers? The empty man took the answers. Oh. I'm going to grab your answers. I'm going to take them and put them in this little bottle. Hey. And I'm going to put them in is a cabin the with man? no locks on them. <laughs> come come check it out. What, what were you saying, Chalon? I was like, is that what the empty man sounds like? Is that <laughs> sounds, his... sounds like that's what Oh my god, did you guys just hear that? Wait, no. what? <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Let's, I mean, pretty soon after this, we talked about he kidnaps a kid to get answers. He he himself is seeing the empty man. There's a whole bunch of kind of hoopla, but basically it's like, oh, this is closing in on me. And he goes to... The, the way that they're like, because it's like, man, I really would have loved him being more in cahoots with the with the cops, right? That they kind of almost disown him because they're like, so you broke in? He, I, I love how they're like, like, forget that it's private property, but they themselves also bring up the locks. Were the cabinets locked? And he's like, no, they weren't. How does that make a difference? If they're yeah. locked, unlocked, you broke in, and therefore this is not, no longer evidence, whatever. Anyway, I just thought it was a silly thing. But... 
I mean, I guess the tie us really into the ending is it's the third day. They keep establishing the days, right? And on the third day, the empty man is supposed to, he's supposed to get you. He's going to get mm-hmm. you. And he's finally cracking down on what, what is going on. He finds out that from kidnapping the kid, I need to go and see this vessel that I saw them praying to. I need to go fucking figure this guy out. And he meets probably the second who should be the, the best supporting actress no, Oscar nom for this movie. <laughs> this movie's going to have... It's oh my God, like, the nurse. That's what you're multiple, talking about. Like best actor. I don't know about actress, but, but best actor, best supporting male, best supporting female all come from this movie. Like they all have mm-hmm. three fucking Oscar acting categories for one movie where this nurse is just eerie as shit. She looks like she walked out of the like dark Twin Peaks, like Twin Peaks season three. And she's just talking fucking cryptically and like, like she just has this. She's also like, I can't disclose patient information, but let me just go on a monologue. But about know, my patient's about information. Every detail. Every yeah. fucking detail. And and she's like, oh, drops the line that was like, ooh. It was like, it was like when, when you notice the killer is behind the protagonist. It's like that same kind of moment where she goes, there's actually a visitor in there right now. And you're like, yeah. And I was thinking, we're going to see Steven Root there again. He's going to be like, oh, welcome, child. You've made it. Blah, blah. <laughs> but instead, who he's, who he's been looking for this whole time? Amanda. Now mm-hmm. this this next scene and arguably the rest of the movie, forget about the answers and all that. This is arguably where I, where I would say the movie feels very studio-ish, where we devolve too many answers. Where where she does that thing where it's oh man, there's this horrible. Scene. Oh, Have it's, you guys ever seen yeah. Vanilla Sky? Where at mm-hmm. the end, like Tom Cruise is learning all about like why his life is the way it is. I always describe it as like it's if David Lynch came out at the end of his movies and explained what everything meant. It's like. Amanda just starts going, well, we created you. You're a tulpa and whatever. Yeah. And so opens uh... a whole big fucking can of worms. Is like, then how the fuck did the cops even know who he was and X, Y, Z? I was thinking about his relationship with the cops. And I'm like, so if he was created, were the cops real at all? Did the cops hear what he was saying about when he was attacked by 100 plus cult members? Like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how do the cops not care? Are they even real? Let's forgive that for is a second. Is this kid real? Is this dead wife yeah, real? Yeah, none like, of what, what is No, I, I don't think they are. To go back either. to the devil's three little hairs, those gorgeous little little luscious hairs. Mm-hmm. Let's... He uses conditioner on them. <laughs> <laughs> Hair and shoulders, baby. Head yeah. and shoulders. Let's focus more on what Amanda says. And she basically says that in we needed to create this vessel. It, it gets so MacGuffin-y. But she's like, we need to create this this vessel because we're running out of time, blah, 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 blah. And this is what I want to focus on, what I think is kind of, again, more of the core of the movie. She goes, we had tried before we failed, and we realized that we needed, like, extreme emotion of sorrow and pain to, like, penetrate those cracks and, like, truly create the vessel for our empty man, blah, 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 blah. So... I saw that going back to the religion thing of like the we need the most vulnerable in order to lay our prior our mission like you know to to impregnate you with these ideas to turn you into our ultimate kind of like a 
I don't know if we want to not not slave, but you know what I mean. Like like the most uh, gullible person needs to be. We will prey on the most like hurt to therefore make them our one of our biggest assets. So going, I kept seeing it as this kind of like allegory for religion. But go mm. ahead. I would say going back to Paul because we find out that they I think they went on that like big expedition because he was suicidal. Then he have yeah. like cuts on yes. his wrist. Yeah, yes. so it yes. kind of brings it back to that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. But, but the concept of, of Tulpa, I, I was familiar with it because of, of last podcast and uh, studying uh, uh, Santa Muerte a bit, that the the idea of, of a Tulpa, of, it, it really is a thing of like you, you think of something and, and you make it real. And then you get into these conversations of like, what is real, right? And, and that's what like, I feel this movie is kind of wrestling with is like, it's, it, it's, it's this metaphor for the empty man, empty man. And like, it's, it's not real because again, she, the girl stabbed herself and all that, right? It's like, it's heightened to a level, right? But, but just like, what is real? What isn't real? How do we make something last forever? It starts just like your head is like going to whoop de doop de doop. You're just like, wait, mm-hmm. oh, wait, wait. But I feel that was almost a little too on the nose for a movie that has been like about subtext, right? To a certain degree. So it just felt, again, a little too uh, exposition y of like, they even said the word tulpa. Like, it's like, dude, like, you, everybody's going to go Google tulpa, tulpa now. And like, you know what I mean? It was just like, don't yeah. like, tone it down. Like that that scene should have been because we already movie. learned so much when he was doing his own research. It yeah. was almost like reiterating what we had already figured out. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't like need to hear all of that. What I thought was interesting though was not about him, but about Paul, and that he was like the experiment of creating one. Rather that like there th- that was the whole thing is the they were trying to create someone which is unlike how they had ever cre- uh, had a transmitter in the past, right? That's at least the dot that I was connecting because she said that this was the first time they had actually done that and that it was a yeah. success. Because, yes. Yes. you know, he was then the next empty man and they all start kneeling to him and then they're like, you are our god now. Yeah. yeah. That was a very still- bizarre scene. Dude, yeah. That, I mean, at least the movie is able to build... It, it built the kneeling thing, and then the you, I take a step back, they take a step forward. That's I've never seen that in a movie. That was cool. That was. Cool. I think was it. Cool. I think it's a happy ending because now we know that he could go to Applebee's and have people around him for his birthday lunches. Yeah, <laughs> but they still don't know his name. They're still gonna call him customer. Customer. I'm telling you. So oh I mean. I'll be honest. I don't know if I have much more to say about the movie at, at that point. It, it he he is taken over, and and I think it, the, it's like that's how you know a movie's fucking committed to like yeah. its message and going against the grain when the fucking the the seemingly hero, the guy that we the only guy we've been with and who we like. I mean, we love this guy. Come on, who doesn't love this guy? Is like, oh, he's he's fucked. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I can I think I'm hearing that none of us were really a huge fan of the ending and that exposition part of what Amanda was saying sort of was like, okay, so are you trying to be surrealistic and interpretive or are you trying to be narrative? Because you're giving us so many facts that explain everything, but then everything visually that is going on 
like you said earlier, is sort of contradictory to each other. So, yeah. and plus I needed more humor. This guy's just a comedy gold. Yeah. A singular comedy yeah. gold. A gold comedy. <laughs> Dude, look, at least people, two thing, two good things will happen for, for the people, for the actors in this movie. I swear James Badgedale's about to get like, like, I'm going to get like a variety email, like Netflix signs, 10 film mm-hmm. deal with James Badgedale where it's just like something like out of like a like a sitcom where he's there's like all these movie posters for different genres he's in you know he just becomes a superstar it's like a romantic movie a comedy movie an action movie and like he gets to do all of them because he's so versatile and cool and then of yeah. course that detective and that nurse but also the director for just being willing to like fucking do something this crazy and stick to his guns um, even if, totally. if the majority of people didn't like it like what happened with Wes and with Wes Anderson, you know, he did Bottle Rocket, financial failure, but all these people in Hollywood were like, "Oh my God, dude, like you're awesome!" And all of a sudden, he's working with Bill Murray and shit, you know. So like, I feel like good things are coming their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping for the ending to be uh, kind of lean into that same comedy, but um, just like him, just shoot everyone, just be like when she's saying you're an antenna, just be like, "Yeah, no," and then just like rolls out but uh i i, I did like the excessive w- nature yeah. in which he oh my in which gosh. he killed paul which was he could have just unplugged them but he oh, shot him in the head i, I think know. nine times well dude <laughs> no it looked awesome with the blood out like the imagery that it we did. had been it seeing did. it was just so perfect and i i didn't know if that was him sinking to like the level of becoming the empty man that he was promised to be I like at the end, you have to look at his face as he's having these people kneel around him. And dare I say, he almost seemed to be curious, inquisitive, slash slightly enjoy the fact that people are kneeling down to him. Is that weird to say? Did you guys pick up on that either? Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's interesting because we get the imagery of the empty man taking over him. So it's like. Is he still himself or is he now? Oh my God. I know. And the empty man, like putting his tentacles down his throat. I was like, whoa, what just happened here? The empty man is an octopus. (laughs) Like I'm like, when did that happen? And our last sponsor for the show is once again, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Your fanciest lingerie from Miss Eve. Tentacles down throats and stuff. Oh, geez. So (laughs) I... I typically ask Miss Kylie Black this question, but she is not here, so I will ask it rhetorically and then answer it. Is that a, is that an oxymoron? Rhetorically and then answer? Well, anyway. Sure. So, <laughs> did anybody die while making this movie? And I was able to find out that it was uh, the director's name, by the way, David Pryor. I believe it was his self-esteem that died, but it was then reborn <laughs> once the fan reviews poured in. Not the critical reviews, but the... The letter, your average letterbox user that was like, dude, I'm into this, bro. So, um, yeah, yeah. He he has been quoted as saying, like, I feel so relieved that people actually like this movie and I'm, I'm not completely batshit crazy for making it, so. Good. Yeah. Um, we can do, we can, if, if there's a couple more things you guys want to talk about, we can. There is this one review it's a little long, but I like I want to read it to you guys. I really do. I really do. And sure. uh, it's from this this website. It's really interesting. It's called Common Sense Media, and they break it up into categories like for parents, for teachers, and it's basically people write reviews 
So that way, like, the parents can check it out and be like, do I want my kid to see this or not? Oh, so that's know, right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, like, if these people are, like, you know, they have to be selected or whatever, or it could just be anybody. Or But but it's people are writing the review for that, that purpose. So they can be a little brutal, right? Because they're like, so anyway, here it goes, here it goes. This is interesting, this is interesting. Unoriginal theme of Eastern religion representing a dangerous cult that sucks in vulnerable teens sporting dark emo gear. How do they get here, you ask? The demonic practice of blowing on a bottle and um, insta-summoning a tulpa, which is absolutely ridiculous. Tulpa, which literally means manifesting personal thought form. This is a prime example of the bastardization by Western culture of ancient beliefs and their complicated cultures built over thousands of years for the benefit of a cheap jump scare. To save young souls from the hellfire of angelical Jeebus... I'm very disappointed in you, Stephen Root. Did you have a trash <laughs> bill to pay or what? That person is so passionate about their distaste for this movie. It's not even about big, the kids anymore. Big Stephen... Yeah, fuck the kids. Big Stephen Root fan. Yeah. I'm very... Dis- yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, this is a movie with an agenda to scare you into mistrusting other belief systems. Only crazed evangelical Karens could take issue with peaceful Buddhists. Uh. Poor role models, unhealthy sexual situation, ridiculous violence. This movie only serves to create fear and divisiveness in in an already fearful and divisive world. Jesus would not approve. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Okay. I did not realize we were doing yoga while reading our reviews, so uh, this person failed to mention that. Oh, oh, and and last thing, the review is called Sloppy Christian Propaganda. So It's a five-star review, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I just, when I read that, I was like, this person went all in. Like, they, they left nothing on the table. Well, actually, so. it's nice because it seems that person has an okay understanding of it, too. So it seems, you know, so it was like, that's refreshing that they're reviewing that's the same I wanted movie to cons- we are. I wanted to consider it because they're not just like... This is dumb blah, but they're really digging into the the religious part of it, and I, I thought that was cool. And so, yeah. But uh, I see that there's another one in here. You want to read it, Trellin? I'll read this really quick one, but uh, it's a one out of ten rating on a uh, IMDb, oh, and it's titled "Where's the main character from?" I think it might be San Francisco, but I could be wrong. That's that's all. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he did keep pretty... saying that, and I was yeah. like, oh, "Oh, this is like." This is a very deliberate, freaky thing to, like, make us wonder, like, why does he keep repeating that? Like, is he okay in the head? Yes. Yeah. I think he just uses a shorthand to excuse, like, the insanity around him. He's like, I've seen crazier shit just walking around. In San Francisco. Yeah. (laughs) Either that or it was, like, written into his genetic makeup to have that as a social crutch. It explains any of his behavior. I'm from San Francisco. Yeah. I'm from San Francisco. (laughs) <laughs> so so cringy real quick just talking about the ending when amanda is like we wrote that into your genetic biography that you would yeah. do this and that. i was like shut up shut your stupid mouth like this is too much it's I'm just like kidding. creating so anyway i want to hear what trell in this review that you have but it is creating so many more questions which i'm like didn't we have enough already i'm not hungry for that more. was the review that was it. That was it. That was the only thing. Oh, you have another one in here. Oh, I do have another one. I can do this one. I just like the first line of this review, but it's titled Bad Movie. So, so, so boring. The film could have been shortened in a shorter period. 
but they insisted on torturing us for two hours, two and a quarter hours. And also, you see that the ideas are inconsistent and incomprehensible, and much of them have not been clear. Just incredibly illiterate. A shortened in a shorter period. What the fuck does that mean? What? Like- yeah. Trellin, you forgot to mention the sick face emoji after boring. Oh, yeah. That's uh, sick face. Incredibly <laughs> important. That's, yeah. But if only it was shortened uh, to a shortened time. So that is that is an empty man. I mean, look, uh, do, 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 did I love this movie? No, but do I respect it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and me too. I think... I think with some editing, this and and just a, a bit more concise, this could be something really. It could have been something really special. And uh, dude, more more David Pryor, James Badgedale, man, like and all the supporting cast, like holy shit. So yeah, love it. And regardless if something achieves commercial success, like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is such a cult classic. Oh. People love oh that God. movie, and yet it's such a niche movie for being so bizarre. But when you set out to do something and you succeed, regardless if it's something that is popularly popularly accepted and um, publicized in the media and stuff, as you should go spend your money on this, as long as you have satisfied the group of people that you wanted to by making this movie, I think you should consider that a success. And it's nice to hear that this movie, like, actually got the recognition that the effort um, was deserving of. Like, there was obviously effort that was put into the script, that was put into this directing, that was put into this acting. And it would have made me sad to hear that the the fan or the viewer reviews would be the same as the commercial reviews. And I'm glad that wasn't the case. You're, you're still right, because make no mistake, at no point in the movie was I like, this effect looks bad, or that was cheesy, whatever. I, I took it serious the whole fucking time. I may have been confused at times or think, okay, that was overblown, but, like, everybody brought their A-game. All the fucking departments. Like, this movie is, like, meticulous. Like, it was... How, I thought it was really well fucking done. How about that camera thing it does? I don't know what you would call it. It's almost like a a weird, like, focus, like, shaky cam where it's, like, when it's almost like he's being closed in. Did you like that effect or no? I'm trying to, like, it's almost... Remember where he's in the room at the chair? They do it there once where uh, he like goes to the door to run away and then like it like goes it like does this weird like almost um, like dolly zoom kind of effect but also shaky. It's I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what to okay. call it, but it, I'll, I'll have to I, check I, it I out really again. like that. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> oh, I thought you were I, just, I did all this to say I, I am oh, like. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. Well, there's there's like some technical things that can sort of take you out yeah. of it sometimes when you feel like they're misplaced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. But I also yeah. like the movie like you guys, and I do agree with our one uh, impassioned bad reviewer. I could have been shortened to a shorter time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, guy, I this was a great. Uh, this has to be easily one of my favorite f- movies ever. I, oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh wait. Oh guys, my my brain is itching. <laughs> Ah, don't do that to me. I feel like I'm already putting it so far in my past because I don't want to have to deal with the drama. The last thing, last thing, when she said, did you know your brain can itch? Did anybody else just kind of like, oh, I would 
like I got I anxiety like, from thinking of that feeling. I was like, if my brain itched, like I would die. I just oh, oh god, oh. I know. Yeah, yeah I felt like my... my head was sort of hot and itchy. I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn this movie off now. It's like, how would I get in there? Like just. No, uh, th- I this was a. Oh god, this was a fan. This was a fantastic time. I, I love getting mm-hmm. to do this episode. Oh, oh, I do see there was a couple of final questions in here, or where I mean, we answered them. I, uh, do you want to answer? Well, it's up to you. Regarding the double feature, I'm just going to throw it out there because uh, even though it has been my go-to horror movie, because I'm not very well versed in the horror genre, The Wailing Man. The Wailing is very similar to this, and where there's a lot of things that are going to be subjective. It's not giving you all the answers, and it's more about uh, a movie that makes you reflect on on yourself and the the almost like the meaning of things and faith and things of that nature. Uh, so I, I love The Wailing, so totally recommend that movie. Mm-hmm. But also the second question: Were you the type of kid that could easily have been peer pressure into conjuring a spirit? One hundred percent. I like multiple times, definitely in Mexico, tried conjuring things with like, <laughs> other other friends. So because Mexico uh... is just like. They're just more into that shit, so uh, yeah. And and it's, I've done a Ouija board, of course. So oh wow, see, I would double feature it with I think Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because of the Fincher connection. Because this uh, prior obviously has taken a lot of inspiration from Fincher and the way he shoots things and lights stuff, also and directs. But um, I would not. I was always the kid who'd just be like, "Fuck that! I'm not dealing with Ouija board. I, you could call me whatever. I'm not doing it. I don't care." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would almost want to double feature it with maybe like hereditary because I don't sure. know if you're yeah, looking yeah. for something more like not as modern, but the the reality is I don't know. I don't watch horror movies. I'm much more of a thriller kind of person. So something with Jordan Peele, you know, it reminded me of that or the movie Us where it creates this mm-hmm. alternate universe and we're just supposed to accept it. Um, because I think that's good. I think that's productive and it helps people learn a new way of thinking when you introduce a universe or an environment that they just have to accept. Because that's not every person's first inclination. It's the first inclination, like Alan was saying, is to ask questions. Why is it Mm -hmm. this way? And I really enjoy immersing myself in, in, in universes like this where you can't ask those questions because you ain't going to get those answers. Focus on the rest of it. I know. But guys, this was honestly great. Yes, I, uh, thank you guys yeah. for having mm-hmm. me so much. I always feel like it's so interesting hearing let like your guys' perspectives because you guys watch so many movies and have such interesting takes um, on stuff that I would never have even thought about. And I think it's really helpful to listen to because it helps me um, manifest my own opinion of what I watched better when you can hear someone else's perspective. I love getting to talk about this stuff with you guys. It's always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And we, on that note. We should all blow into our bottles at the same time. Okay. Summon yeah. the empty man. Hold on. I, have a I don't even drink. have a bottle. <laughs> Namaste, everyone. Namaste, Namaste. everyone. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> <laughs>